want to do briefly this morning is just really see what lessons we can learn from this uh, episode, if you like, in Jesus' life. I want to really focus on him sending the 12 and then slightly look backwards. But as you know, Jesus sent out his disciples. He sent out the 12 here. He sent out the 72. Then he sent out all his disciples uh, with that great uh, commission, go into the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and doing all that I've commanded you to do. And so... We as people have been sent out too. And I want to draw a few observations really from these verses. The first is this we've been sent out in the name of Jesus and we've been sent out together, verses six and seven. Then Jesus went round teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to him. He began to send them out two by two. Apparently, they were sent out in pairs to bolster their credibility by having the testimony of more than one witness, as well as providing mutual support during their training period. So we've been sent out uh, in the power of Jesus, and we're often sent out together. And it was great to hear from Jono and Lucy how they've been sent out uh, to do their work in the Jordan. And I remember being sent out, actually, to New Zealand to plant a church maybe 15 years ago. I can't exactly remember when, but I remember just Bex and I. It was our last night in London. We were sleeping on a mattress uh, on the floor in our flat in London where I did my curacy. And uh, we were talking about being sent out. And Bex said to me, gosh, what happens if, you know, this all turns to custard? I said, I guess we'll just come back again, slightly embarrassed, but we'll see what happens. But the reality of it is, uh, we're all sent out. And as you know, in the last months, we've been hearing uh, what people are doing this time tomorrow in their workplaces, uh, during their weeks. And whatever we're doing, whether our call is to uh, go overseas as missionaries or to um, actually run an advertising agency, it doesn't really matter. We're actually all missionaries and we're all sent people. Jesus uh, has sent us out. And one of the challenges, I think, is that um, we've got to hold on to this idea of being sent. And one of the temptations I face, I don't know whether you'd uh, relate to this, is I can kind of um, be sent in principle, but not in practice. I can think, yes, uh, I've been sent out, disciples are sent out, I agree to that, I agree to that. But actually, in practice, that makes very little difference to my day-to-day life if I'm not careful. And so what I want to encourage us to do this morning is remember we're sent out. Today you're sent out. Tomorrow you're sent out. And uh, actually one thing I've done, I don't know how you uh, approach your spiritual life, one thing I do is I pray the Lord's Prayer uh, every morning. And uh, there's that phrase in it, isn't there? Your kingdom come, your will be done. And every morning, that just reminds me that God is living, God is active, he's got stuff for me each day, he's sending me out, and each day, I need to just be open to what he's doing and what he's wanting me uh, to do. And uh, it's so easy, isn't it, to uh, actually in practice not live as a sent out person, but actually just in principle to think that's a good idea. So... 
I want to encourage us, first of all, this morning to remember that we're sent out. Each day, you're sent out into wherever you're working, into whatever you're doing, into whatever you find yourself doing. Jesus is sending uh, you out. Secondly, we've actually been sent out with authority. I don't know how you feel about being sent out. Um, I often feel a little bit weak or, oh my goodness, sent out. But actually, as we've been going through Mark's gospel, as we read the New Testament, you and I are sent out with phenomenal authority. And we're given all sorts of authority, aren't we? Authority to bind and loose, authority to preach the gospel, authority to heal. And here you see we have authority over impure spirits uh, in verse 7P, uh, 7b. He gave them authority over impure spirits. I don't know what you make of that. I think Christians have different views of that. But actually, um, the Lord's Prayer also refers, I pray this every morning, deliver us from evil. And uh, evil is a reality. And I remember hearing this talk, reading this passage as I was coming to faith, thinking that's so weird, uh, authority over impure spirits. And at that time, I just uh, fast forward a month, I'd come to faith, fast forward a bit of time, and I was asked to lead um, an alpha group. And I felt very nervous. I, I felt, okay, I've been sent out to do this. I'll, I'll do this. I felt very nervous and concerned. And uh, I had a group of about seven people. I didn't feel I knew anything. And this guy, this massive Australian guy walked in. And he was, he was so muscly. And uh, this big unit, you know. And um, anyway, I got to know him. And uh, it turned out that he'd come from Australia to... Um, study the occult uh, in northern Europe, which uh, he said was rife. And over the, over the years, actually, I got to know him as a friend. He um, had done all sorts of things, uh, very evil things. He was a Satanist, basically. And um, he came to faith. Bizarrely, he loved gospel music. He came to faith, and uh, people prayed for him over a period of time. He was set free. And he always said to me, I'll never forget this, he said, the problem with people in the church, Mike, is they don't understand or realize how much authority they've been given. And it breaks my heart because they've given, been given so much authority and we tend not to walk in it. And so whatever you make of that, uh, hold on to the fact when you wake up tomorrow morning, whatever you're doing, you've been sent out. Jesus has sent you out. You need to be intentional attentive to what God is doing. And remember that you have authority and God is uh, with you. Thirdly, when we go, I've alluded this to already, you will feel really, really weak. As you go, as you're sent out, you'll feel very, very weak for the task of speaking about Jesus, of the task of building the kingdom, uh, and of the task of doing uh, his will. And you see, actually, they're sending out the 12s in verses 8 and 9. They're actually go out in great vulnerability. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Now, at night, at that time, an extra tunic was helpful as a covering to protect from the cold night air. And the implication here is that the disciples actually were weak, but they were to trust in God. 
who would provide their lodging for them uh, each night. And uh, it's also clear they were dependent on other people. Verse 10, whenever you enter house, stay there till you leave that town. And uh, they were actually just to uh, literally go out and look for hospitality from uh, other people. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against that. That was a symbolic act practiced by the Pharisees when they left an unclean Gentile area. And actually, here, Jesus is saying, shake the dust off your feet if people don't listen, because actually, they are not uh, listening to me and my message. And that's a really, really uh, serious thing. So there's quite a lot in there, isn't there? I don't think we're... I'm not suggesting this morning that you just throw your wallet away when you wake up tomorrow morning, that... uh, you say to someone you're living with, I might not be back. I'll see if anyone offers me um, <laughs> lodgings for the night. Or actually, I'm just going to wear a T-shirt tomorrow. And um, I'm going to go and buy a pair of sandals this afternoon. I'm not suggesting that. But the point is, is that when we actually seek to follow Jesus each day, we'll feel vulnerable and uh, we'll feel inadequate and we'll feel actually like, um, you know, we don't have what we need in and of ourselves. And we don't, because actually we're to be dependent on God, and there is that sense of depending on other people. And, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, we also pray, lead me not into temptation. You know, this is why I love praying this prayer. I don't know when you think of that, lead me not into temptation, what you actually think of first thing. But, you know, one of the greatest temptations, actually, of the Christian life, and I speak, I'm really speaking to myself this morning, is actually not to go out and not to uh, do what Jesus would want us to do because we feel vulnerable uh, or ordinary. You know, Yian's already prayed, hasn't he? One of the temptations in the Christian life is not to do stuff, not to live the Jesus life, because we do feel ordinary. Who am I to go out? Who am I to do this? Who am I? And you see that in verses 1 to 6 of this passage. Everyone's saying, Jesus, you're a carpenter. We know you, Jesus. We were at primary school with you. Who are you? And uh, we've got to overcome these voices. But actually, the other temptation, actually, is to really, really think, actually, I can't do this. Or there are too many challenges. Or when this stops, I'll do this. Or when that stops, I'll do this. Or uh, I'm too busy. Or when that situation is sorted out, I'll really do this. Uh, Actually, uh, we have to remember, it doesn't matter uh, what we're feeling. We have to just step out and seek to live this Christian life and speak of this God who's for us, not against us. And let's be honest, whose message is is quite different to our cultural values. That's already been referred to this morning. So we mustn't let challenges, problems, or hassles stop us from going out each day, discerning what it is Jesus is wanting us to do each day, and actually going out in weakness. Someone wrote this, the truth is life is a set of challenges, problems, and hassles. Sometimes we imagine that if we could deal with these, the immediate challenge that we're facing 
all our problems would be over. But life's not like that. If we resolve other problems, uh, other things are just round the corner. The temptation is to see these challenges as present, preventing us from carrying out the ministry God has given us. In fact, dealing with the problems is the ministry. There are not, these are not the problems associated with the ministry. These are the ministry. So in other words, you know, have you got any problems, anyone? Have you got any challenges? Have you got any really serious things? You think, oh gosh, I've got a long list. <laughs> but we mustn't let these things stop us from actually following what Jesus is asking us to do. Because actually, when we sort, have you ever sorted out one of your problems? <laughs> Are you then problem free? Another one pops up, doesn't it? It's like those things, those fair things. You hit, the, you hit the rabbit down and another one pops up. And so as you look at your life, as you think about this call to be sent, it's really important that we, we recognize that we're always going to operate in a, in a realm of problems and challenges, but we have to keep following the Lord. We have to keep doing the things of the kingdom. That's what the disciples did. Fourthly, when they went out, extraordinary things happened. Verse 12, they went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed with all many people who were ill and healed. We've already heard about healing in response to prayer this morning, haven't we? But they basically did a number of things, the disciples. They, they spoke about Jesus and uh, increased the number of the people of God. That was evangelism. They invested their lives in actually helping the people of God grow up and mature. That's discipleship, which we're called to. And they also were involved with social transformation. They actually invested in their communities. And through the power of the Spirit, through the power of the gospel, they literally changed the world. So really, what I want to do is remind us that we're sent people. We're sent people. And I don't know about you, uh, you guys are brilliant. <laughs> You do all this so well, but I often end up being a Christian in principle, not in practice. I can very easily end up not really speaking about Jesus, not really each day saying, okay, your kingdom come, your will be done, and seeking to discern that in active ways. I can often let my sense of inadequacy or weakness just stop me, and I'll just go and do something else or something da-da-da-da-da. And I can often think, okay, I'm going to do this once my challenges are over. But they're never going to be over. So can I encourage us to think about these words afresh? Can I encourage us to uh, read these again? And tomorrow morning when you wake up, pray the Lord's Prayer. And just ask yourself as you go through the day, God, what is it you want me to do? And be attentive to what the Lord is calling you to do, day by day, by day by day by day. It can be a small thing. It might be a texting someone or phoning someone. Uh, I, ha I had a thing recently. I felt God really wanted me to um, text or someone in the congregation. And I had to do it. And I was thinking, yeah, I feel that, Lord, I feel that, Lord. I eventually did it. And I texted this person who was in Paris in a hotel. And a couple of weeks later, I saw them. And they said, you never guess what that text 
meant to me. So that was the lowest point of my life in this hotel room in Paris. And the implication was he was thinking about suicide. So we've got to just follow these little things. And we often think, oh, well, I don't know really whether I want to run around my office speaking about Jesus or delivering people from... It might not be that. But it's the little things, the powerful things, the little hunches. And so let's be attentive and open to the Lord day by day by day by day and try and be people who are Christians in practice as well as in principle. Amen.